good cameo. Great on? cameo. <laughs> oh, the timing of that was spot on. Like straight. Oh as soon god. As it started. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Villa Talks podcast. Just as I was about to introduce it, Sam, who is no friend of technology, disappeared. <laughs> Every bloody week, this guy forgets his headphones, forgets to plug in his mic, doesn't turn up, ends the call early, and now he's disappeared. I suppose that's what you get when you work yeah. in a prison, I suppose. So... But hopefully he'll be back. Uh, but yeah, welcome to another edition of, uh, a special edition of Live With A Talks podcast. I feel like we're having so many special editions now. It's uh, losing its uh, allure a little bit. But uh, AJ obviously was on hosting duties last time around. I did a, did a sterling job, an excellent job. So much so that uh, I think AJ is going to start doing a lot more regularly. Uh, Not a lot more he... regularly, mate. Once in a while. All right, Come fine. On. Once in a while. Stop fine. trying All to right. palm it off. Nearly. Nearly got it. Nearly got it. But yeah. Uh, it was a, uh, it was well received, and it was a bit of an emotional pod last time round, uh, a bit somber, definitely, um, and and sh- and then sort of definitely very similar to the Jack Greenish pod that AJ and I did uh, a few months prior. Uh, but now, obviously, the new era is upon us. Steve Gerrard has been announced as a new head coach of Aston Villa on a three and a half year deal. Um, still uh, waiting to hear about his backroom staff, and it looks like the majority of his backroom staff will be joining him. Uh, and the good news, I think, for a lot of the fans is uh, big cuts. Is is looks like he's staying on as well, which I, I think is good news because obviously he's done an amazing job with the goalkeepers as well. So it's a new era. Uh, it's uh, an exciting time again. Hopefully, for to be a Villa fan after uh, an interesting week or so, and and uh, and a poor five or six weeks anyway before that. So uh, I'm back with the boys from the VVB crew. Yaro is here with us this week as well. Uh, welcome, Yaro, mate. How are you? Very good, mate. I'm only here because Matty Cash is about to make his Poland debut and uh, I'm just very excited about that. Excellent, excellent. We'll, we'll definitely touch on that as well. Definitely touch on that as well. Uh, you were comparing your Polish heritage, weren't you, uh, on the WhatsApp group? So uh, We were. We were celebrating Carl's birthday by talking about the European mm. massacres of the past. So, yes. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it is. That was it my, is, that was my <laughs> thought Ma- a bit. Uh, they were, to, be fair, to be fair, they weren't even Polish massacres. Uh, so, uh, it wasn't even that I think my part. week, you know, I think my week could be compared to a European massacre of the past. I'd say. So, it's been on a par. <laughs> yes. Yes, Carl's, Carl obviously has had, uh, which we mentioned last part, has had COVID, so he's lost, he's been in a bad way, he's lost his taste and lost his smell as well, so um, he's 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 braving it, he's here with us, ready to go, he's, the fans have been there, you know, asking for Carl, and, and he's and he's here, he's fighting through the pain barrier to uh, to be on this pod, there was some debate about whether we do the entire pod in Scouse accents, but... I think we've, I've we've got great size, old minds. Let's give it a go. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. All right, maybe we should do it then. Maybe no, we should let's do it. not. Sorry. Let's not. I don't know why it goes. I don't know why it goes more high pitched when I do it. But yeah, I don't know yours. So I don't know. It should be like in me conversations with Nassif Western. That's <laughs> the three. I don't know. Like, <laughs> a bit like Viking Road. <laughs> no, yeah, that, was that, that was good. That was good. All right, we'll try. Anyone else want to have a go? Nah. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. right. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't normally you have know. to ask Sam twice to do an to do an accent. Obviously, got a very good squad. Looking forward to working with the man. <laughs> That's just you. I mean, you've nailed you've nailed <laughs> me. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> Yara, can you do a fake Polish accent for us, for Matty Cash? A, fa- a fake Polish accent. Yeah, um, he's gonna he's gonna have a. How do you think he's gonna? How is he, oh, by the way, how is he gonna speak to his teammates if he doesn't speak any Polish? Well, What's I he, was uh... wondering this, but then the thing about po- the thing about Poland is the manager also doesn't speak Polish because it's Paulo Sosa who is Portuguese. Um, so right. I assume there is already some kind of interpreter in the changing room uh, to translate between those two. So maybe he'll just double up and also translate for Kashi as well. Can he speak uh, Portuguese? Know, like, You're assuming was... he can't speak Portuguese. I mean, he probably can speak Portuguese. I was just going to say, just because you can do the old Portuguese to Polish translation doesn't mean you can do Portuguese to English as well. I mean, well, probably, because English no. is the main one, isn't it? Yeah, so if you'd you're like going to be a translator. It's the top think, one, isn't it? Out of all the languages, the top one. You <laughs> think you'd have English? It's the, it's in your the Premier League of languages, Omar. It's yeah, the Premier yeah, League yeah. of languages. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is it Everyone is. moves here in order to take part in the uh, in the English language. To be fair, <laughs> Europeans are yeah. usually less lazy than us Brits. They all know English anyway enough to uh, yeah. have a little chat to Matty Cash about um, I don't know 
Instagram and TikTok or whatever footballers talk about these days. <laughs> regain yeah. airlines. Yeah, yeah. regain. Oh, there you go. Same, same. Same gag from a different angle. Love to yeah. see it. Love to see it. Love to see it. Should we talk about Steven Gerrard? Should, nah. we, should we talk about that? Who? <laughs> right. So let's get, let's get initially, let's get your reactions. Uh, Yara, you obviously you haven't been on the pod for a while. Firstly, your thoughts uh, quickly, just quickly on Dean Smith leaving and then being replaced by Steven Gerrard and your hopes and uh, wishes for the for the future under his uh, leadership. Dean Smith leaving, sad, obviously, very sad. Um, and uh, my only thought about it was that um, I am happy for Dino to go if we had uh, what I thought was was a, a suitable replacement lined up. Is Gerard that replacement? I, I genuinely don't know. Um, I'm uh, yeah, I'm not a keen watcher of Scottish football, um, so I've never seen his Rangers side play. Um, I just have a gut feeling that this isn't going to go well. Um, I, I don't, I don't like. I, I, you know, this is just the, this isn't this is sort of separate to his ability as a manager. But I don't like all the Liverpool talk already. Um, you know, this kind of destined path for Anfield and all that kind of garbage. Um, that's already starting to bother me played for Liverpool yes yes we went away he he had a stint there as a player yeah yeah Um, uh, delivered zero Premier League titles Mm. as I recall Um, but um, but yeah no uh, that stuff I don't like but it's to separate that from the football thing um, football wise yeah I'm genuinely just completely um, unknown but I just have a bad feeling about it I don't know if that means anything interesting (laughs) Interesting. I was hoping for a more positive yeah yeah but I I, you know what I understand it I've had had others tell me I should be more optimistic um, and and that he could be he could be a a managerial legend in the making Um, but I I just don't I just don't know if that's true or not Um, anyone else worried that he might just this might be like a long con and uh, he's just trying to get his own back for us ruining his birthday. Wow. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah, forgot well, about that. I've seen them, that picture doing the rounds again with those four guys on the train um, with birth hats and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it has been doing um, Yeah, I'm just wondering how those... Where have you seen that, though, mate? Where have you seen that, seeing as you hate Villa Twitter so much? I can't imagine you've been on Villa Twitter. Uh, it was on Villa Twitter, yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah, I okay. I, I mean, no, Hypocrite. I can never go on there. I just think it's made up of mainly wankers. Okay. <laughs> Welcome Thanks. back, Carl. <laughs> when did we win Gerard's When we beat him in the semi-final. Oh, come on. It was his birthday. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, the, and, uh, the, oh, right. Okay. No, the final, final, the final was going to be his birthday. Oh, yeah. I see. Right. Okay. Final. The final yeah. would have been, yeah. We gave him a day off. What more could we have done for the bloke? Yeah, but exactly. To be, to be, to be fair, um, perhaps having us sing that we were going to ruin his birthday on in the semi-final and then us getting battered in the final, maybe that cheered him up a little bit. Yeah. And, I don't know. Didn't cheer me up. Yara, thanks for that. Uh, AJ, your your thoughts on just your initial emotional reaction more than anything else? No, no stats well, yet. No stats yet. I have, well, I haven't got any stats because, you know. Right. Uh, oh, I see. Who collects stats on Scottish football? Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to try and put a positive spin. Uh, I don't really believe it necessarily, but I know Carl's going to go in hard on the negative side. I don't know what Sam's going to say, but I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best and have the the positive angle. What I will say is, uh, and you talked about this last time, Omar, on the on the pod last week. Um, I think there's a lot of risk involved here for both parties, and I think in particular, Perslow's neck is on the line because let's face it. Gerard is inexperienced. Uh, from what, uh, as far as you can tell, in Scotland, he's done as good a job as he could have done in the circumstances with Rangers, um, and uh, I think that's positive. I, I think uh, in the in the grand scheme of things, um, uh, it's very hard to know how well that transfers into. A very different scenario in the Premier League, uh, a very different team in a different position. That that I don't know um, whether it translates or not. But I think that th- I, I guess if it goes well, then you know Perslow looks like a genius. If it goes badly, then his neck is very much on on the line. I think the the positive side of the argument is um, he's done as well as you could possibly expect with that Rangers side. It wasn't as straightforward as he's taken over, um, you know, one of the top two clubs. Yes, you would expect him to do well with a massive budget compared to where everyone else was. But at the time, Celtic were dominant. They were winning everything. 
Um, and uh, to win the league in that circumstance um, it is positive, um, is a good performance. I, I think also uh, what I like from what I've read about Gerard is he recognises his limitations and his lack of experience, and that's why he's got Gary McAllister in uh, and uh, Michael Beale, um, who uh, from all accounts does a lot of the tactical work and a lot of the day-to-day training work. And so I think it is... Whilst it hasn't been confirmed yet, it looks likely we're going to get those um, members of the team as well. And I think that's essential from from what I have uh, read that we that we get that. Um, and I think you know he is does have the potential to uh, attract other players uh, to the club. Um, I think you know part of Yarrow's frustration, and I see it as well around us now being Stephen Gerrard's Aston Villa and not just being Aston Villa. I think that is going to be intensely annoying a lot of the time, but the fact that he has that presence and uh, that uh, reputation, I think he will be automatically respected by our players. Um, I think uh, it, it will give uh, him, uh, it will give us a bit of a pull that perhaps Dino didn't, didn't have. Um, so I, I think there are potentially some upsides having said all of that and trying to be the on the positive side of the fence he wouldn't have been my choice i would have wanted someone with more experience and in particular someone with experience of taking a team from sort of you know mid table lower mid table into the european positions the obvious candidate for that was Favre. whether we could have got him or not i don't know feels like gerard was always the first choice and we went and got him uh, and the other candidates that were being bandied around weren't even really considered. So um, look, I've got loads of reservations, but I know some of the other guys are going to talk about those. So yeah, uh, perhaps I've damned him with faint praise a little bit there, but <laughs> I've done my best to put a bit of a positive spin on. Sam, um, before I go to Carl, uh, I've got a feeling you're going to be a bit more positive on this because obviously you've you've been in a slightly different camp to us, I would say. Uh, in that you've uh, not been calling for Dean Smith head at all, but you've you've been worried about whether he's had the ability to take us to the next level. And and obviously on the last pod we talked about that. Uh, and now we have Steven Gerrard in. Would he have been your first choice? Are you happy with the decision? Um, are you concerned? What are your what's your general feeling? To be honest, um, I'm not sure if it'd have really been my first choice, but I don't really. I, I think the problem is that I didn't have a clear first choice, so I can't say that he was my standout first choice. But on balance, I'm pretty happy. I think that all of the managers that were on the kind of longish list that we discussed before, and you know, the longish list with the bookies, they all had a risk attached to them. Be it you know that they've uh, failed in one or two of their jobs in their long career. Um, I mean, it's very unusual for a manager to only have a CV full of success, of course, but nevertheless. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't look at any of the managers. Fonseca, I just, something about that appointment didn't sit right with me. Um, I wonder if um, if Favre might have been the right choice thinking about it and looking a bit into uh, his achievements. But obviously, he's uh, not getting any younger. So you might think that this is a bit more of a dynamic person at the helm might help but overall I'm happy and, and the reason I'm happy is this you know I think we are going to get a new manager bounce the new manager bounce is a thing lads it's a thing it's a scientifically proven statistically proven is thing. it is it, it because is. I it think is. the stats all say that you regress to the, the mean regardless it's of a, whether you sack your manager or keep your it's manager a, but it's a well, thing I don't know Maybe we're I'm gonna get the actual data and, and not just. Uh, no, no, no. Why are you looking at the data, AJ? We're gonna get. I don't know. Stop looking at facts. Listen, yeah, sorry. We, listen, who, we're who gonna get facts? four. We're gonna get four points out of uh, Palace and Brighton. Okay, we've got that anyway. And we're gonna have full. <laughs> we're gonna be full of confidence going into the more difficult fixtures. But for me, the key thing is, and you know, um, AJ mentioned the pull factor. Yeah, I think that um, it's probably the case that there's a, a lot of big players out there that will, you know, be impressed with with him and, and, and his achievements in the game and hopefully his vision. And I think that we might have a better... January windows are always tough. We know that. But we might have a better January window under Gerard than we would have under Smith. And we all know, because we say it every time we come together on this pod, that we need two or three really, really good players to come into that squad to take us to the next level. Now, my argument would be that the quality of player that Gerard can is capable of signing would be higher than Dean Smith. So... You know, I think that that probably was part of the thinking. 
with some is important as well, of course, because we're not going to get them all in January. If we get one high quality player to go first in, into the first team in January, I'll be delighted. And we get the other two in the summer. If it turns out that that uh, Gerard is not that great a coach and isn't that much better than Smith, fine. You know, at least whoever he uh, bequeaths the squad to will be in, the squad will be in better shape than it would have been otherwise. And whoever these quality players are that we sign, you know, Graham Potter can work with them next season and uh, <laughs> and, and take us places. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm quite happy. I'm looking forward to the recruitment. And like you said, Omar, if you look at the last 12 months of performances under Smith, apart from a few highlights, and obviously, um, you know, in particular when Grealish was playing, it's been pretty turgid. We've not really been going anywhere. And, you know, I, I think let's see what Steve Gerrard's, what he's got. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm positive. I'm pleased. Good. Good, yeah, and I think you make an interesting point there in terms of um, the makeup of the of Gerard and the team as well. You know, young, ambitious, dynamic. Um, you know, Perslow today talking around. You know, he's he's moving into uh, coaching, managing the young players at Liverpool Academy, and how important that experience was uh, as part of his CV and what attracted us to him. Uh, obviously, apparently, he said it was the brave decision to take himself and to Scotland and. Uh, in the pressured, high pressure environment of the Scottish old firm. I'm not sure it's that high pressured, in my opinion, but anyway. Uh, but definitely the old firm is, but in terms of Scottish Premier League. Uh, yeah, two, two uh, games a season or whatever. Two games, is, yeah. Uh, well, high pressure three, those ones. three or four games, I think they play each other, don't they? Yeah. I think we can agree if Rodgers had stayed at Celtic, he wouldn't have won anything. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Uh, and I think the big thing that came out of this, uh, this statement was the the coaching ambitions, philosophies and values. And we'll touch on um, touch on his style and what he's trying to do and what he's done with Rangers in a second. And and, and also, I think it'd be important to talk about how that impacts the Villa players and the, the makeup of our squad and whether that fits in. Because that, that that is an important point, is when you do change managers, you end up having uh, a team built in the manager's image almost and then changing managers is it the same. And I think that's what they're trying to do with, with Gerard and co, is they're trying to sort of continue that progression so it's a bit more seamless rather than what we've seen in the past with Villa where we've gone from O'Neill to Houllier to McLeish uh, where, where you know where it was awful and terrible but before we touch on that Carl um, you know we've talked about yeah, everyone's opinion on the, on the appointment and the reaction but I suppose from your from your perspective what, what do you think are the important things that Gerard needs to I mean we sort of touched on this last time AJ asked this question last time but I think it'd be good to hear from you what do you think are the important first few steps he needs to he needs to take uh, as the new head coach of Villa to try and impose himself and impose his ideas on the, on the team um, well I don't like the fact that you've basically made it so that I can't um, give my <laughs> harsh opinion give your opinion give your harsh opinion come on mate I'll answer no I'll answer the question first then I might um, and then, then give your tell opinion tell you why it won't happen um, but I mean, he needs he needs to he needs to um, get us playing in a certain way that's going to see us creating more than one chance a game. If that, which is what Smith was managing in these last few games, um, you know, it, the the positives and negatives. Of Stephen Gerrard as a manager has been discussed, and I dis I agree with in large both sides of it. I agree with what Sam was saying and what he could bring. Um, with his his pull, his name is going to pull. Um, you know, it might it might mean that we've got a, a better caliber of uh, players that we'll bring in in January. We're going to have to bring in um, players in January because presumably he's going to have kittens when he sees uh, marvelous Nakamba try and uh, pass the ball um, five yards. Like he's we're going to he's going to have to. If you look at how they play, they play with a uh, a four three three with a holding midfielder and two sort of attacking midfielders. Um, I don't know whether we've got the players to be able to do that at the minute or not. Certainly not good enough for those two attacking um, midfielders. I don't I don't think so with the, the way he likes to play. Um, so I don't know. Recruitment's going to be important in January. But, right, I, I don't mind that we brought Gerard in. I don't. I'm not completely against his appointment. I don't know he's going to be rubbish. Um, I suspect it's not going to go well. My biggest issue is, is Perslow seemingly already decided that Gerard's the man to bring in. And I don't know what it's based on. 
Like he's won one trophy in three years, or whatever it is, nearly three years. I don't know how long exactly, but in that same time, the St. Johnson manager has won more trophies in Scotland. Like this isn't this is he's not he's not pulling up trees in Scotland. He's not winning every t- like he's not winning every title up there. He's, in his time, he's, he's won one title, and it's it's all almost as if it's almost as if Perslow as um just. He's got this fanboy attitude, hasn't he? And he clearly, he's clearly got this. He, he's he's all over big names. He wanted uh, Thierry Henry to um, to to come in instead of Dean Smith. Um, I I just it, it's really frustrating. He doesn't seem like anyone else has been considered. Um, that's yeah. my that's my big big issue with it. It's not that Same. I don't. Yeah, it's not that I don't uh, that I know it's going to go to shit. It's not that. Um, you know, I, I think he, he, he. There's no way he could become a good coach. And actually, I don't. I don't know. He, he could. He could improve us. He could improve us. But I don't think we know that. I don't think no. he's, he's shown anything in the game as a coach yet that you could. You could say that is a is a good bet that that's going to happen. And ultimately, because his, it's clear that to me that Dean Smith sacking is completely. Is not separate to the hiring of Stephen Gerrard. They're not two separate things. We've sat Dean Smith so that we can bring in Stephen Gerrard. And in my opinion, that to me means that us getting rid of Dean Smith at this stage was was incorrect. Um, but you know, I I really hope it goes goes well, and I, you know, fingers crossed it does. Yeah, it's an interesting point, and we you know we talked about this on 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 our WhatsApp group in terms of the two decisions to to sack Dean Smith and then. The decision to bring in who to bring in as new manager, whether they're separate decisions or whether they come as one, and there was a bit of debate around that uh, in terms of you know if the manager's not doing well, then you've got to sack him. It's almost like a separate thing completely. If he's not good enough, he's not good enough, um, and then you know the hiring a new manager is, is a sort of a separate decision completely. Um, I, I I can see both sides of the argument of that, uh, but I probably tend to sway more towards Carl's opinion. I think on that just because. Um, I think, and I mentioned this last part, I don't think the sacking of Dean Smith was cut and dry, for, for me anyway, compared to when you see other managers going, uh, where it's clear there's been, you know, they've lost their dressing room or they've lost their way. Um, I know over the longer term, in terms of since February, we've been poor, but there are a lot, a lot of mitigating circumstances there. So I, I, I'll be honest, I get both sides. And I didn't mean for this to be like a negative pod about Stephen Gerrard. Obviously, his new era. We want to be positive. We're Villa fans. We want the best. But we want to be honest. We want to be realistic, I think, uh, about our thoughts. And, you know, there, there are definitely positives and there's definitely the op- optimistic way of looking at it. Uh, but I, I don't think it's... I, I think it's disingenuous to not talk about the potential pitfalls. Um, and... The potential issues that we might have and, and and i think the point you make carl there about personal being a fanboy that's been the case for a long long period of time and, and if you read the articles about his time at liverpool you know he was gerard's you know he just absolutely loved gerard he sort of hung off him uh, at every opportunity and you know that that was quite clear in terms of in terms of what people wrote about him uh, at his time there so that is a, is a bit of a concern as well um for me i think uh, the way I feel about this now, um, and I'll be completely honest, this, uh, is I don't really see the point of sacking D. Smith if our end goal was to hire Stephen Gerrard. D. Smith, when we hired him, was uh, was was relatively an experienced coach in the lower leagues, but as a Premier League manager, obviously, was completely inexperienced. Uh, and we've just gone completely back to someone who has potential, and Dean Smith had potential when we hired him as a as a Premier League manager to to something similar to Steven Gerrard, who, you know, you're right, Carl. He's been there for th- three years, and yeah, I, I think maybe you're being a bit harsh on him. He, I think, he has changed a, a club that was falling on its ass, and uh, you know, ch- changed them into probably the best team. Well, the, well, the best team in Scotland now, obviously, winning the title last year, getting a hundred odd points. But my concern, like you, is the fact that he's won one title. He hasn't won any of the cups at all. Um, I think Dean Smith would have, given the same amount of time, would have done 
as much or if not more than Steven mm. Gerrard, is yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and and, and Sam's that's point about right. Sam's point about Rogers as well. If he was still there, as yeah, whether Steven Gerrard would mm. run it as well. I think that's I, an important point. I think that's definitely true. But I also, I honestly think, Carl, and you'll probably disagree with me here. But if Steven Gerrard was our manager from February to now, I think we'd have picked up more points than under Dino. But I, I, yeah, I, I think the know. thing is, I think the thing is that we I don't just, know. Like we don't know there's nothing that you can take from his I think he's done a good job in Scotland. He's done a good job with Rangers. But how how well that translates into where we are as a club and what we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve. You know, going from a club that's uh, you know, Yarrick shared a video from the Athletic earlier that said Rangers have got a budget of fifty five million a year. The team in third, uh, or who were in second before Rangers came back up, Aberdeen had got a budget of 15 million quid a year. That is a totally different equation from where we are as a football club and the and the position that that we're in. So I I think that I, you know I think you can undersell what he did at Rangers, and I don't mean to do that at all because you know they had been relegated to the lower leagues, they had to come back. Celtic had won nine in a row. Rangers were conceding goals left, right, and centre. He fixed that. He, he he then built them into a more attacking team. He's got them playing good football. All of that. Him and his backroom staff, not just him. Uh, so I, I think he's done a good job in Scotland. But we don't. I, I, yes, I accept there's risk in any appointment, but I think there's a lot of risk in this one. And and you know, I said on the last pod, my view has always been we will not get relegated under these owners, and I still don't think we will. But has the risk of that relegation increased or decreased uh, given the lack of um, experience that Gerard has and how much we know about what he's how he's able to convert what he's done in Scotland into what he's done here? If anything, I think it's increased. Now the upside potentially has increased as well. It's it's a gamble. So I I think you know if it goes well, then potentially we could do better than we have done under under Smith, and we could end up. Uh, as Sam says, having a bit of a bounce and, and, and all of those things could happen. But it's very much um a roll of the dice for me. Uh and who who knows where it's gonna where it's gonna fall. And I think that's on Perslow's head. You know, there's no question now if this goes badly, it's not just a case of sacking Stephen Gerrard and, and bringing someone else in, because this is very clearly Perslow's decision. This is what he wanted. Both uh, in terms of both decisions, if we're in that debate as well, I suspect it was Perslow that was leading the charge for Dino to go, uh, and it's Perslow that wanted Gerard uh, to come in. And so, if it doesn't work out, then yeah, I'm sure Stephen Gerard will lose his job because it's the manager that's always the first to go. But for me, the owners have got to be looking at, at Perslow at that point, um, at, at that point as well. And I'm more than willing to say, if it goes brilliantly, then you know we should all. Um, Say we've we've misjudged uh, it. Bow, and bow down right, to and We'll, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll do that. No, but, we're grown ups. I think you know we talked. I, t- I said mentioned last time that I don't trust Perslow to make the right decision, and I, I think he's an excellent operator. I think he's an excellent CEO, but I think he gets too involved in the football side of things for me. Yeah, Langer's uh, the football director. What's Langer's say? Di- yeah, what, what exactly. Has say being which is this, this is the point that worries me, which is you know Carl's point around being a fanboy, and and Yara, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on on, on a, a couple of other things as well around that. But um, just quickly on that, I think um, for for me, I I just I, the owners are so ambitious. We know that, and they want to push us on, and they're really being led by Perslow here. Um, and I'm just a little bit worried that they're getting led down the wrong path because, you know, we obviously like some like Conte is out of our reach, but there's definitely managers out there who are in jobs that we could have. Well, six million pounds compensation. Six million compensation. Like, we're getting plus, any man. We're getting any manager out of there. Yeah, and, and, Ger- and Gerard's going to be highest paid manager as well. So and some yeah. of the some of the ones we're linked to aren't in a job anyway, so we wouldn't have had to pay anything in, no, in compensation. No, no. Yeah. He was well, always so. going to be the high, He was always going to be the highest paid manager. Like every time you hire a manager, it's probably the highest paid manager. Yeah, that's exactly. A fair yeah. Point. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair point. And. Uh, well, let's let's talk about Gerard's style then, uh, style of football, or well, him and his team style of football. Um, so you know, obviously, been a lot written uh, on Twitter, on YouTube, various videos, various articles, uh, and it, you know, obviously, they only conceded thirteen goals, which is sort of AJ's point about how he turned the defense around over the last couple of years, but very much plays an attacking style of football, uh, sort of like a four-two-three-one-ish type type formation with. Uh, uh, narrow 
uh, inside forwards and the fullbacks pushing up uh, seems to be the way he likes to play. Uh, and there were some good, good, good graphics and good videos out there in terms of how they defend and they, they can defend with a press. They can defend with a sort of middle to low block and using the outside number eights to to press the the fullbacks and things like that. You know, it's just really interesting to see the kind of football that he plays. My question to you, Aro, is do we have a team that suits that style of football? Uh, you know, and if so, um, how would you anticipate him setting up in terms of the personnel? Um, and if not, who do you think would have to make way for us to start adopting that kind of football? Who are who are the potential weaklings? And also, if not, why the hell have we hired him if the whole point of having Langer is to have a style of football throughout the club and then if we need to get a different coach, then they can just come quickly bed in and there's no real massive change of ideas or philosophy. Yeah, well, first of all, I'll caveat, my, my, my insight is restricted to that one video that I shared earlier <laughs> and, and, and what you just said there. You're Omar. not supposed to tell uh, people that, Yara. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think the, the, the style thing is a really interesting point because I think we kind of broadly agreed that one of Dino's weaknesses is that over his whole time here, he never really stamped a kind of uh, distinct style of play on the team. We had a yeah. series of talented players um, who would who would occasionally click. Um, and I think the closest to a real distinct style was when we had Grealish and Target constantly linking up on the left sort of, um, uh, sort of uh, yeah, early last season. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Dino really struggled to do that. Um, and then I watched this this athletic video today in which they sort of went, Gerard doesn't really have a distinct style of play. And it kind of disappointed <laughs> me a little bit because I was like, oh. It'll fit in. What's that? It'll fit in well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is it. Um, we'll so, yeah, that's, that's... He's got a great... Nice. He's got a distinct style. <laughs> yeah, slightly concerns me. But um, looking at that video and what you just said, Omar, um, if it is about fullbacks bombing on, well, we've got the personnel for that. Target and Cash are, are great bombers. Um, are they? I, I don't, uh, I don't know about cash I don't know about target. Cash, yeah, target is a worry for me in that regard. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, yeah, perhaps, perhaps then target is is one area that should be improved. Yeah. I mean, uh, all this talk of January personnel coming in in January, how we need new signings. I mean, it feels slightly counterintuitive to me, simply because we bought a whole bunch of players in the summer and we haven't remotely come close to figuring out how they work together. Um, so before we start adding more players to the mix, um, I'd really like us to figure out how Ings, Watkins, Bailey, Buendia, Traore, etc., are all meant to link up with one another, How that style of what that style of play is supposed to be. Um, and yeah, I, I hope Gerard in the next, before we even get to January, in the next couple of months, starts starts showing some answers as to what that formula is, what that style is, um, and, and, and make some progress that Dino sadly wasn't able to do. And I know he was restricted by injuries, but the point of having so many attacking players is surely that when one or two get injured, you have others to come in. Um, and it just felt like whatever combination... Dino had out there he couldn't quite figure out what what it was that they were supposed to be doing with one another so that's first and foremost what I hope Gerard's going to do on the on the tactical front yeah uh, recruitment's an interesting one as well I think um uh, we'll touch on that now as well Sam you mentioned earlier about Gerard's appeal to players again I think that's maybe a little bit harsh on Smith because you know we did get Danny Ings we did get Leon Bailey Watkins etc you know we've managed to get good name players who have been touted uh, to other teams and who've been wanted by other teams as well uh, yeah. especially Ings and Bailey I think are fairly big names as well but but I do get the point obviously Gerard is a big big name um, mm. and, and, and and it is definitely one of the attractions of having him at the team uh, oh, sorry uh, managing the team um, looking looking at January window um, there is there is rumours coming out that they've got a big budget which is to be expected and obviously we haven't spent all of the jack Jack's money, but how di- how how realistic is it that we get the players that we need in January? Given how how difficult it is as a as a window. Yeah, I think um, you make a good point there because you know with the, with the it's not necessarily me saying that you know all of these players are going to want to c- come and play for Gerard. I th- I just think that's Perslow's rationale, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in yeah, January, yeah. if it agree, doesn't yeah. happen, then you say, well, okay, this was the reason for hiring this guy. So. You know, I think that Perslow has got a sort of dog in the fight here, and I think he's going to have to go all out to to at least deliver one quality signing in in January, or or the whole point of of the Gerard appointment 
seems to sort of uh, go up, not out the window, but it, but it, it starts to become a bit questionable. So I would expect to see someone in January. I think it will be a central midfielder, and um, I hope that it will be a, a kind of you know a bit of an enforcer, somebody who can get, get his foot in and you know recycle the ball and stop us being so wasteful in possession. Um, those players are rare, I agree, but you know you'd hope that if anyone's going to be able to identify that kind of player, uh, it would be it would be Gerard. Um, I, you know, I. I I, I think that the difficulties in the January window are, are well documented. So I, I just think that we'll probably get one signing in and then we'll look to um, address maybe fullback, maybe left fullback. Um, you know, we'll look to address other areas of the squad uh, later on. But I think they will go all out to plug that gap in the middle of the park, which you know desperately needs plugging. And I think Yarrow's point is, is another really good one because we've, we've spoken uh, at length about the conundrum of our attacking talent and, and how to solve it um, and it'll be interesting to see what what uh, Stevie G makes of it and I think that uh, Watkins out on the left could could be a thing I think there's a, that's a lot of people talking about that um, who knows but I, I I'm interested to see how he line up in his in his uh, first match because um, obviously he's going to take a fresh look at that squad and uh, hopefully he'll have some ideas about how he can get us uh you know making the most of that attacking talent i think sam as well you you mentioned on the um on the last pod on the dino sacking pod about uh, bringing someone in who was unencumbered by the specter of of grealish uh hanging over the club but i think there's also an element of uh truth in that point around the existing attacking talent in the club as well and i think you know Dino perhaps felt pressure to try and get Watkins and Ings into the same side. He perhaps felt pressure to, um, you know, try and get all of his signings in there, all of the signings that happened under his watch. Uh, we've talked about whose signings they were in terms of who actually pushed for them uh, in the past. And I, I, I think that might be one of the positives about, I guess, any new manager. It's not a specific Stephen Gerrard thing, but bringing a, a new manager in who, you know, has has the confidence and the ability and the lack of um kind of being encumbered with being around when those signings were made to be say well no look it is Watkins Oarings it's not both like the best team is Watkins Oarings it, it might not be you know some of the stuff around the style of play the the general consensus seems to be at times he's played a four three three with narrow forwards and at times he's played more than a four two three one which sounds suspiciously like Smith. So again, perhaps there's a continuity argument there, but perhaps there's also an argument for what's the point of changing it if if the approach is the same. Um, but you know, you can see ways that you would fit all of our players into those systems that he has used uh, with success in the past. Uh, but it it does mean that that somebody's not going to get a game, whether that's Buendia or Bailey or Ings or Watkins or whoever it is. But hopefully a new manager coming in doesn't feel the need to try and force all of those players in and can be bold enough to say, well, I'm sorry, um, uh, Ingsy, but you're going to have to sit this one out or whoever it is that, that has their turn on the bench. Uh, I think that's potentially a positive of bringing a new manager in. Sam's left the building again. Sam's just walked off. He wasn't happy just with that off. point at all. I know, yeah, and I was agreeing well. him with, with him there as well, which is unusual, <laughs> but uh, off, off he goes. Maybe I won't do it again. Perhaps he prefers <laughs> a ruck rather than an agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw Gerard's, uh, the podcast in Jay Humphreys podcast, which is, uh, I can't remember. I haven't yet. I've got it, I've got it signed. It was, it was interesting. I, I watched snippets of it and um, he was talking about how they, they've, uh, in, they've, established a no excuse culture at Rangers. Um, so like they, they basically got the best of everything for Rangers because they were, they were, they were struggling as a club. So they've got the best chefs, the best training facilities, you know, looked after everything that they ever need in terms of off the field stuff. Uh, and, and the idea behind that was, you know, you've got no excuse now. Just enjoy your football on the pitch. I'll back you. I'll protect you in the public eye uh the journalists etc just play how we want you to play and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but just play like how we want to play with freedom um and that was quite an interesting insight into his mentality and, and i imagine you know, a lot of coaches say that you know i think fan, villa fans get tend to get excited about this kind of stuff you know and it's, it's it's football fan nature you know when something new comes everyone gets excited and most fans are optimistic about it and see the best of that 
situation. Um, and, you know, if Chris Wilder said it, for example, I'm sure, and he was our new manager, I'm sure fans would be like, oh, yeah, amazing. But I do wonder, with his elite mentality, given his, obviously, his um, his successes as a player and, and the level that he played at, whether that will have an influence on our on our players, especially on our younger players as well, Carl, um, in terms of, you know, wanting to impress Gerard. You know, a lot of these players might have seen Gerard as one of their heroes, for example. Um, maybe their levels will will improve. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest positive that I keep thinking about is um, the prospect of uh, Carney um, working with Gerard. Gerard putting in some real time with Carney Chukwemeka and what sort of prospect that could um, bring us because he's obviously got all the tools to be a brilliant player and it's the sort of the Gerard drive that you can kind of, if you watch Carney play, he seems to be of the Pogba-esque rather than the Gerard grab. Like you've got the ability to do whatever you want in this game. He tends to float a bit more Pogba-esque rather than grabbing yeah. the, uh, you know, ball by I, the horns like uh, Gerard I hear that's does. what they're going to rename Witten Lane after we win the European Cup again, by the way. Uh, Gerard Drive. Gerard Drive, yeah. Freeman yeah. Pogba-esque. Uh, we'll do it if, if we... Um, <laughs> I didn't if we, want to interrupt. Like, it was a bit late to bring that in. It was quite a long time after you said Gerard Drive, but I didn't... I wanted to wait until yeah. you got to the end of your point, really. It wasn't worth it, really, was it, AJ? It wasn't worth it. <laughs> you wanted no, to wait until all... the joke didn't make any sense. Well, you know. Also, AJ, how, how many times have you seen me on this pod where you think that makes you think that there was any point in us? Mate, which, come on. The end, you know, I, I meander until I run Don't out talk yourself. Stop. Don't talk yourself down, mate. That's, Carl, that's you've got a lot of fans, mate. Right. You've got a lot of fans out there. But uh, no, I know. I mean, that's more for the swearing, yeah. isn't it? But I am... Um, no, I, I heard, I saw a little clip when he was on um, Sky Sports before one of the games, and he was talking about how people asked him about his uh, the Gerard Drive, um, about what gave him that, and he, he he was talking about how when he went to training, he and I, you hear players say this sometimes, but you can believe it when Gerard says it, and that he went tra- to training, and if he wasn't the best in training that day, he'd be fucking furious. And he'd go home and he'd be angry and he'd ask himself why he wasn't best in training. And then the next day he'd go back. And like, if, if that's what he demands of himself, um, that will be what he demands of the players. Um, I actually think um, John McGinn could improve a hell of a lot um, under him. Um, so I do think, and there are positives, and if, if it works, I think it could be really, really good. And I think he might, there's going to be certain players in there that he's going to improve. Um Again, I forgot what your question was. But, um, <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks as always. But no, no, but that yeah, was it. That um, was the question it, it in terms was, of improving players. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I, thought, it was, it I was. thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Again, right. you're doing a disservice to yourself. But um, let's. Well, before we wrap up, there's a couple of couple of things I want to cover. Um, Michael Beale obviously is a vital, vital, important part. It seems of of Gerard's success at Rangers, and is key to us hopefully having success with him as well, if he comes on board. Uh, so I'd be, be good to talk a little bit about him, AJ, if you've got any insight. Um, and <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, uh, no, no, I've read a little bit about him uh, That's what today, I mean, yeah. um, which probably everyone else uh, has read. We all yeah, read that we all one. Read one video. Everyone's an expert on so, Michael Beale yeah. now. I've never heard of him before that. So, no, I mean... Is what EastEnders? I'm, what I know, what I know is, is he uh, runs the market store. And, uh, it was the chip shop, wasn't then it? His, no, his, uh, that was his son. It was that both. Was son, Ian, oh, okay. Ian that uh, ran the chip shop. But um, uh, no, that was Pete, wasn't it? Uh, anyway, Pete, yeah. no, Michael Beale. Uh, right to Kathy. <laughs> no, Pete Beale did. No, Ian Pete ran was the chip shop. Ian definitely yeah, the ran the chip Pete. shop. Pete, Pete Beale was the dad, at the market yeah. store yeah, yeah, yeah. and then market Ian's store, yeah. run the chip. Yeah. But anyway... <laughs> Um, from what I've heard, as long as Phil Mitchell doesn't get involved, we'll be all right. <laughs> uh, no, it seems like he, uh, so he has come through the system at Liverpool, um, done a lot of uh, work with youth teams and things like that, uh, and um, was quite in demand and a few clubs were looking for him to be their manager. And when um, Gerard went to Rangers, he was able to draw, uh, bring Beal with him. And uh, it seems like Beal handles a lot of the day-to-day stuff. 
uh, around the training and so on. And and Gerard's very open about that and says, look, I'm inexperienced. I, you know, why would I try and do this if I can get a bloke in who can do it better? And I, you know, I quite like that as a management style. Um, I'm certainly a delegator myself as a, as a manager, so I'd, I uh, appreciate other people who do that as well. Um, so uh, he uh, and also tactically, it seems like he has um, a lot of um, influence um, as well. And then, of course, the other member of the backroom staff uh, that we shouldn't uh, forget about, presumably uh, we were able to get him in as well, is Gary McAllister, who, of course, is very experienced. Um, again, uh, you know, when you talk about players like uh, like Carney uh, learning from uh, McAllister, that is, uh, you know, he was a, a great player in a very similar position. And of course, he's worked at Villa Park before. And actually, we were pretty decent when he was caretaker manager under us. Didn't as he, well. uh, yeah, we, he, well, I think a lot of the players fell yes, out with him. Yeah. 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 Richard Dunn. Did he get a fight with some of them, right? Don and Collins, maybe? Um, um, I mean,. They're not here. Well, they're not here anymore, so they don't really matter, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. But Michael, yeah. Accounts, Michael... Those were some. Those were some of the players that managed to fall out with Sid Cowens as well, who you know, yeah, an absolutely massive Villa legend, yeah. and from all accounts, mm. one of the nicest men you're ever going to meet. So I, I suspect that might have been the players that were the problem, as much as it was yeah. uh, the, Gary the, McAllister who's the, the problem. The only thing uh, that but we certainly played to good football under him. The only thing that bothers me about the McAllister thing is it just reminds me like it's the sec it's the other element of this that just makes me think this is Julio all over again. I mean, there's all the all the Liverpool chat that constantly surrounds it, and when we go and play Liverpool, it's going to be absolutely unbearable. And then there's this Gary McAllister's there again. He, he sorry, he used to play for Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I just Who? quickly? I said Michael this Beale. on Twitter. Gary McAllister <laughs> did, yeah. I said this on Twitter today as well. Yeah. But can I just touch on something on this? Like people whinging about. Oh, he's just coming in for a stepping stone, and or especially when there was rumours it was a two and a half year deal, and that exactly matched what Klopp's got left on his deal, and all of that. It's total horseshit because the Liverpool could uh, Liverpool can basically appoint any manager in the world they want, bar about two or three who are at the other big clubs. Uh, they have got the pick of every elite manager going. The uh, and I know there's an emotional connection for them with Gerard, but the only way he goes from Villa Park to Anfield is if he absolutely smashes it for us so if he does that for yeah. two and a half three years and then gets the Liverpool job fine like yeah. you know yeah. he's going to leave Hang us on. in a much better Hang position on. than where we were like I just don't I just don't care about like, it just seems such nonsense and actually in terms of we've talked about the big risk for Villa there's a big risk for Steven Gerrard as well because who was the last manager who went from the Villa job to a bigger job it was Graham Taylor, Graham Taylor, thirty years ago when he went to England. Like we, we, we don't make managers' careers; we generally destroy them. So I just, I just see someone put a picture of Gerard with like grey hair and looking a bit dishevelled. Yeah. Like because uh, that's going to be in two within weeks three months. Within three yeah. months, definitely. So there, there is risk on both sides of this equation, and I think we need to recognise does it, that. Does it, does it remember but, when we hired Steve Bruce, by the way? And yeah, how amazing he looked. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> oh, he was like an Adonis. Is it Adonis? Is he? Jordy he Adonis. Like he, was, he looked like he was having a lovely time at the cricket the other day. To be he, was, he, he did. They kept uh, showing him. He did. Throughout yeah. the, throughout the oh, they showed him. They showed him, and then England went. To <laughs> yeah. No surprise there. <laughs> He's probably giving instructions from the. Yeah. <laughs> I I heard he was telling Chris Jordan where to bowl. <laughs> get it, get it up there, get it up there. Just keep it tight, Chris. Don't give anything away. But in, get it in the slots, get it in the slots. I don't like it in the slots. I think one of the only managers that wouldn't leave us to go to Liverpool was B. Dean Smith. And, uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Fair point. Yeah. Interviewing for the Norwich job, apparently. Well, I yeah. heard Lampard's getting the Norwich job. Yeah, I think he is, yeah. But yeah, Dean Smith. He was interviewing. They should give it Smith over Lampard. But I, I totally agree. The, 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 if he, you know, any manager that does well with us in, it would be in line for another job. And if, if they weren't going to Liverpool in two and a half years or three years, if they've had three good years with us where they absolutely smashed it, what, it could be Milan, it could be Real. It doesn't really matter who it would be. Yeah, exactly. England, if, a, if a big club, club comes... Without a kind of emotional connection to the club, which very rarely, Smith's a very rare example of that, 
then of course they're going to be tempted to leave. I, I just think it's yeah, it's a nonsense uh, line of argument. Yeah. As you say. Yeah. yeah. The only the only way he gets the Liverpool job is if he does brilliantly for us and gets us into Europe. And I will say all the best to you at Liverpool. Steve See you Gerard, later, mate. If you do that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was asked by a Liverpool Great. fan today what he needs to achieve to be considered a success, and I genuinely didn't know. I mean, like I think. This season, he kind of gets a bit of a pass, right? Because we're in a bit of a mess. Like, as long as he avoids the relegation mm. scrap, then that's probably a success. But then next season, does he have to get... Europe. Europe? Europe. He has to get, has Europe. To get Europe. Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Otherwise, what's the, otherwise, what's the point of sacking Dean? I don't know. Yeah. That, yeah, that's what we'd expect from Dean. That's what we expected from Dean yeah, this, true. this season. So I think I think he gets, what, one season? Like, he's, he's working with the players that they expected Dean Smith to it's have pre- uh, to get Europe. Uh, to- so. Yeah, I agree broadly. I, I think also, I mean, broadly speaking, it's progress, isn't it? Like, if he finishes 11th or 12th this season, I think that'll be okay. He'll get away with that. Uh, but next season, even if we miss out on Europe, we've got to be challenging for it. You know, you've yeah. got to be looking at finishing, mm. especially if the board continue to spend money and he gets another, he gets money in January and he gets money again in the summer. You know, uh, he's got to be looking at, at not just top half comfortably, seventh or eighth challenging for Europa that sort of level that's that's what success has got to, has got to be um and, and I'm not saying I expect that and I'm not you know but I think that's what the board will expect and that's the basis on which they've sacked Smith so I, I can't see them expecting anything less you know a lot of opposition fans would say oh bloody Villa fans with ideas above their station I'm not saying we deserve that I'm not saying you know that's where we should be as because we're a big club or any of that but that is definitely oh, yeah. oh, well, that's the expectation of the of the owners, and I, you know, I'm glad they've got that expectation. I think it's but a reasonable it, expectation based yeah, on yeah, how much so they've spent, how much yeah, they've yeah, spent, yeah, and yeah, yeah. 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 Did, did anyone yeah. have a big club on uh, new manager bingo? By the way, uh, in terms of the, it's always the same stuff they say in these uh, interviews. Yeah. And the players as well, big club, great, oh, yeah. great stadium, great fans. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I, I have just realised we haven't mentioned someone, and I think it would be a shame to not mention him. Danny fucking yeah. Mess. Oh, yeah. Villain of the week. You could be the villain of the week. He's, he's had, yeah, we ain't even having one, but he's villain and of actually, the week. And actually, actually, um, to be fair, we, we make fun of old, our good friend Dan Bardell, friend of the pod on this pod sometimes. Oh, he was good. Yeah. Yeah. For being a Billy Big Bollocks. But in terms of hero of the week, let's shout him out for calling Danny Murphy out yeah. on TalkSport. Um, yeah, that was great. Today. Yeah, that, was glad yeah, that. that was top work. No. What a, what a prick. Like, <laughs> I mean... Clearly, this is Danny Murphy. He used to be a teammate of Stephen Gerrard, and you'd think that he'd know, like he'd, he'd have a chat. Stephen hates him. Even Stephen Gerrard, he's not talking to him anymore. <laughs> Danny Murphy hates him. He's not telling hates you anything. He's, he's, he's a terrible pun. There's so many terrible pundits out there. Honestly, it's just a fucking joke. They're just um, grumpy because they think it's <laughs> entertainment, and uh, like I just feel like people may accuse me of that sometimes, I suppose. But Danny, Danny Murphy, like he just feels like there's something clever about him being an absolute miserable bastard on, and, and like, going, yeah. oh god, a set piece coach. What's the point of that? And you know, granted, he has been a bit shit ass at piece coach, but that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't mean they're not a good idea. I still, to, be fair, to be honest, I still think the best chances we created in the last few games are walk on for long throws, regardless of. But that's yeah. alone. Yeah. All, all the chances we can see as well of all these, yeah, uh, yeah. True. True. Well. So, true also the chances we've created is a very low bar and a very yeah, select true. few to yeah, choose yeah. between true. get Danny Danny Murphy we could offer him set piece coach uh, he's good at a set piece he's good at free kicks the position yeah. the other side the other uh, side of the Danny him. Murphy coin seems to be Jamie Carragher though who seems to absolutely love us and big us up and you know he's always yeah. bigging up concert and all of that uh, and his article in the Telegraph today was uh, very complimentary, L- largely for his mate Stephen Gerrard more than us. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. but I mean he, he has been complimentary about Villa even under Dean Smith. So I, I it's a bit like yeah, if yeah. I wrote an article about Carl getting a new job or something like that. And I was like, oh yeah, what a guy! What a guy! He's great, uh, the, great motivator. He's the perfect man for this job. He'll be amazing. <laughs> Can I be the Danny Murphy in this scenario? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Carl would never go there. Carl would never go there. <laughs> <laughs> he's too big time. He's, he's just waiting for the. England job. He's just waiting for the England job. <laughs> if he gets us into Europe, are we going to let him choose the songs in the players' bar? Who, Stevie G? Yeah. Well, no. I'm not calling him Stevie G, by the way. If you don't let him I'm choose just, the I'm songs, I'm not him that. I'm not calling him. Yeah, if you don't no, let him choose the songs, he really doesn't. Oh, like right, it. Hey, the DJ. The DJ. Ah, right. I didn't know that. Uh, no, yeah. I'm sorry. It was it was a nostalgic crime reference. I think it was Elton John he was after, and uh, <laughs> yeah. when they wouldn't play it, there was big trouble. 
Which song? Uh, Which Elton song was it? Rocket, Rocket Man, Man, I believe it was Rocket Man. Yeah. Is he from? It is a good song. Yeah. It is a good song. Are we on um, You know, yeah. I, I just, I just Play love the, the song. song. I just love the DJ. song, you know. <laughs> Play the yeah. Rocket Man. Man. Uh, 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 not, what was that? Not, not sure he was ever. Yeah, not, uh, do Rocket Man in a Scouse outfit. Rocket Man. Bearing up the fuse. I'm not. I'm not sure he was ever found guilty for that. No, no, he no, wasn't. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Omar, Omar, you're going to have to cut in a lot of allegedly into the into the last few yeah. minutes. Was he was he found guilty of one in Rocket Man on? That's what I want to know. Well, exactly. No, no. The headbutt is by the by for me. What was the tune? That's what matters to me. Uh, the ch- the tune is Sweet Caroline. We all know that. Uh, there's there's no choice in that matter. If, yeah. If you, you know. Maybe Sweet Caroline dies with uh, Dino. Mm. Oh, don't. That's that's a really sad way to end the pod. That is. That's yeah. a really sad way to end the pod. Yeah. We ended it. Yeah. yeah. Were we going to let Yarak have said, a little I, go about Matty Cash? We were. Yes. Sorry. I, yes. I, I right. could tie in. I can tie in all of the themes if you like. Um, oh, that'd be uh, yeah. Under the banner the, of my, under you're, you're, the, you're the expert podcaster. So uh, well, it all comes under the banner of my late father, who was who was the Polish side of my family. Um, but but he would be, you know, um, he wasn't a Villa fan. He was a United fan. But he um, but he, he, he used to come. He he was, the, but he, you know, he took me to the Villa. He didn't he didn't uh, uh, sort of spurn the fact that I didn't choose United. He took he took me and my sister to the Villa, and he was, you know, Villa was was always his second team. Um, but uh, so he'd be. I think he'd be very happy to see a villain representing Poland um, this weekend. Um, but he also, as a Man United fan, particularly hated Steven Gerrard and Danny Murphy. Um, <laughs> so I think he'd be quite, if he was still around today, I think he'd be quite confused about uh, how he felt about <laughs> yeah, everything. Uh, with Cash, Gerrard and Murphy all clashing against one another in this weird <laughs> in this weird week um but yeah uh delighted for kashi um um and i uh, identify with him as I, I i read the article on how polish matt cash is and he's exactly as polish as i am he just doesn't have the name whereas i do so it's like one side of the family um grandparents were born over there um and like me speaks no polish whatsoever so i have sympathy for the guy going into the into the poland dressing room trying to uh make out what's what it would be a bit like uh, when i used to go to my nan's for for family uh family meals and stuff just it's just like that mate it's it, just it like be... you go to your nan's like <laughs> playing with Lewandowski. Lewandowski's Levin- 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 yeah. Yeah. Levin- playing the uh, playing the part. Yeah, uh, uh, there's a lot of similarities in the way they play. Actually. He makes a good trifle, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to end the pod. Uh, <laughs> well, Matty Cash did change his name, didn't he? Well, his Polish passport's got his Polish name, hasn't it? Oh, does apparently. it? Yeah. Matty Matty. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Not, it's it's not, yeah. yeah, he's changed. He has, he has changed his name. Uh, well, technically, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. There you go. So you are exactly the same. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Mm. Next, time, next tri- time he's injured, we'll bring you in. In, in tribute to your mm. uh, granddad, uh, was it, your granddad being quite confused about what to think about it all? Was it your granddad or your dad? My dad. Sorry. Yeah. His dad. Sorry. His dad. Your dad being quite confused about what to think it all. He'd probably have enjoyed this pod because I think we've been uh, fairly uh, scattergun about what we think <laughs> about it all as well. I'm not sure we've really come to a consensus about anything it, uh, on this, really, have we? No. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think listeners will get much out of this uh, this pod, to be honest. No insight, anyway. Well, the but insight but we is... Said that. I, what was it that I said, said to you on WhatsApp you, earlier? Yeah, said, I said, basically, could be shit, the could pod be good. could be... Here we go, I've got it here. Might be shit, might be good. No way of knowing in advance, really. The it's, like that, it's like that Gattuso meme. Sometimes good, sometimes shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I feel slightly better after having this well, discussion COVID-wise. about it. I'm ready to... Um, no, God, no. Have you COVID-wise. taken any of that, um, that horse paste, mate? Because I hear that's good. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've um, shone um, a light directly into my oh. body have you do- and drank bleach, bleach <laughs> as per... As, as per Donald Trump's uh, instructions, Good. I feel great. You look great. You look great. You look great. Uh, yeah, stomach stomach's hurting a little bit, but I'm sure it'll yeah. pass. <laughs> right, should we uh, should don't, we call it? Don't take bleach. Don't don't consume bleach. That's yeah. just our bleach. Not try to <laughs> Yeah, we the podcast does not endorse um, bleach. 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 No, we don't. Nah. we do not. Uh, right, should we call it? Should we call it there? A day there? Probably for the best. Probably for the best. Listen, yeah. like, yeah, please. Probably, probably should have called it a day about 20 minutes ago, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Sam's called a day about five times in this pod. He's left again. Yeah. I don't know where he's gone. I'm going to say, if anyone, if anyone wants to replace Sam on the podcast, uh, please write in. Uh, Come and get I, me, I, I, want, I want handwritten letters only. Peer, peer box. Hashtag, hashtag peer Sam box, 1874. Omar's yeah. got the war chest out. He wants send to swoop us, in. Send us stamped address envelope as well. Stamped address envelope, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks, boys. That was... Uh, Thank you. Weird. Was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it was good or bad. Some, sometimes good, it's sometimes good. It's not going to win any podcast awards, but I enjoyed it. I love that us five give out about shit pundits while it's we're all, it's a bit, It's almost meta, isn't it? Like we've, done yeah. a, we've done a podcast episode that entirely, like, had good bits and shit bits to entirely reflect the idea that Gerard could be good or could be shit. It's actually, there's so many <laughs> levels. It's like a fucking David Lynch podcast or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. we've, like Nathan yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll put that in the, uh, in the description, directed by... <laughs> David Lynch. Use a Twin Peaks or something like that, like yeah. uh, as the image. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good idea. Oh, nice. I'll that. I will do that. If I if I had the Photoshop skills, which I do, but I don't have the time, then I would have done a Twin Peaks image, maybe with a villa overlay. But anyway, thanks, boys. Uh, good. It was good. It was good to talk to you as ever. Jara, thank you for joining us. Hopefully, you'll be able to join us on a more regular basis. Maybe you can replace Sam when he leaves the leaves the room every now and again. Yeah, sorry about now. that, boys. <laughs> sorry, he's yeah. been on reserve as like <laughs> as a super he's a, sub. He's a, he's, a, he's a prison yeah, warden, yeah, yeah. so he's got a rolling subs. <laughs> Rollins, yeah. Someone escaped. Uh, right. Thank you for listening. Please do subscribe. Uh, no one, no one's listening anymore. No one's listening, guys. Whoever it is, there's one guy. There's one guy listening. I'm sure. There's one guy listening. Thank you, mate, for listening. Um, hope you have a good night. Jed uh, and uh, Levy's still listening. Hi, Jed. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, subscribe to whatever pod. Please, do- okay, if you want to subscribe, just listen to the other ones that we've done. They're much better than this one. Um, and do subscribe to whatever podcast platform you're on. And follow us on Twitter at Villa Podcast, all one word. Uh, we're sponsored by MeBay Digital, local Birmingham-based digital marketing company. Please check them out as well. And uh, we'll be back probably before the Brighton game. Uh, and look forward to that one and hopefully we'll have Yara back for that one as well and uh, yeah apart from that up the villa and up the uh, Stevie fucking G up the villa up the villa come on Stevie G up the villa I love it. I love it.